Hi, everyone. And Tony and I are back here this week. April and Tony are both here this week. Um, Tony was back and she was off doing things last week, but she's here this week. And it's been quite an interesting time. Um, I'm getting closer and closer to my dog, Guinness, which I thought was impossible. But I swear this time around, he understands and talks back to me a little bit more. He has a little bit different snout this time. The last time he had more of a pointy snout, and this time he's got like a pushed-in face, a more traditional um, chihuahua face. And I'm thinking that shorter snout might be allowing him to kind of form words a bit because I swear, and I keep smacking myself saying, you know, you must be making this up, but I swear he's trying to pronounce words. So I'm going to start taking videos of it. Maybe I'll post them so you guys can weigh in (laughs) and tell me what you think because it's amazing. It's just amazing how he, like I'll ask him something and he'll go, yes, no. And I'm like, geez. So it's lucky, and I'm lucky that, you know, I've got him back. And But it's even luckier that he seems to have a few extra talents this time around. Pretty funny. And the hot weather has dissipated out here. Um, we're back into, like, 80s, which is cool compared to what it was trying to be. Sometimes we get 109 here, and, boy, is that unpleasant. And the pets, you know, all the time we were having all close to 100-degree weather, the dogs were, like, parked in front of the uh, air conditioner and would not come out. And the cats, they don't like the fan thing so much. What they like is they like to lay – I have a um, kind of a stone floor in my family room, and it gets cold and it gets hot, but in the, it, it retains the cooler air, and they're, like, sprawled out on it, belly to, belly to the floor. And I think that works better for them. I don't know if they like the wind so much. So anyways, it's been a great week. Um, Summer's over. Fall is here. Holidays are coming. And I have Guinness. And nothing else matters. So I just thought I would share all that with you guys. And Tony, how is everything in Maine? I understand you're someplace else today, though. I'm in Charlotte with my best friend and uh, Jimmy, helping him unpack. He moved from L.A. And um, I'm here till Monday. So we're in the car right now, going to the container store to get supplies. Ah. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm going to run off and get uh, Veronica. And okay. you can say hi to everybody. They missed you. Everybody missed you. Well, I missed them. I did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hello, everyone, and welcome mm-hmm. to the show today. <clears throat> and you know, we have some great questions. And I encourage you to write in to innerwhispersradio.com. And that's I-N-N-E-R, whispersradio.com. Are you there, Veronica? Mm, yes, we are. Good day to you. Good day to you. Our first question is coming from Julie. I feel my guides are helping me, and I am internally grateful, especially when times are rough. How is it possible if they have a difficult time coming through? Well, we think you might be confusing a bit. We have said before that those who have crossed over, like your mother, your father, 
a friend, a lover that has crossed over, when they first get there, it is very difficult for them to navigate the thick energy um, that coming into you. So that is where we have said that it got energy has a hard time coming through from the other side. Guides are connected to you practically with an umbilical cord. So if they need to get through to you, they can get through to you. And they are a lot of them shout at you like, hey, are you listening? All guides can come through easily because they are connected to you so deeply. The ones who have a problem coming through are those who are recently deceased or have been deceased for a while and are trying to connect back in energetically into this thick, dense reality that you all are participating in. So good you ask the question, Julie, because we can clarify that so that people, if they had a question themselves, now it's been sort of cleared up. Guides don't have the same problems as those energies who are in the reincarnational process and have a hard time pushing back through into the dense linear reality. So we hope we cleared that up. Hey, everybody. Um, this is Emma, and we have unfortunately lost Tony. So I am going to be filling in for the rest of the show uh, since we're unable to reach her. As you know, she's traveling into the Carolinas here. And so we don't want to stop anything. We're just going to continue on going with this. So, uh, Veronica, are you still with us? Yes, we are. We're here. Okay. Let me go ahead and and talk. Uh, ask the next question. Uh, so this one comes from Susan. Susan says, I have cats and I love them. I find, however, their harvesting activities distressing. I do keep them inside at night, but they persist in bringing me birds, mice, and other captured things. They are very proud of it. I agree. I I agree for these lost creatures. Is there any agreement between species or something that I should focus on upon instead of these uh, shortened lives? Well, first of all, you need to understand that cats, dogs, every species has their instinctual participations in the reality. Your cat, in an instinct level, knows that those mice or that lizard or that bird is possible a food group. We're certain that you're not feeding your cat mice and, you know, salamanders, but the instinct within them is so strong that they look at those things and they value them. They're not quite sure, but they know it has value. Your cats love you so much that when they find one, through instinct, they want to chase them and get them, but then they don't don't know what to do with them. And they know it has value, but they don't quite understand what value. So what they do is, especially if they're in love with their owner, they'll bring you a gift. We know that you probably accept the gift graciously because they, they felt like they really went out on a limb to get that bird for you. But you've got to understand that all they're trying to do is contribute They're not looking at the fact that, oh, I'm killing this mouse or this rodent. And the rodent is more of a a more collective mind. Small animals like that, like salamanders and squirrels and and mice and rats, they have sort of a collective. And when they pass out of the body, they immediately go into another that might be right there. But their energy finds a like species to go into. So their that process is a little bit different than a human's would be, not as complicated. 
So the agreement is is that the smaller creatures know that, okay, I'm just going to move over to this other other body if I have to. The agreement is is that there is a food chain in the biological creatures that all of the soulful energy embodies. There are different processes for those bodies, and this is one that you have just described to us is one of them. So we say that, look at it at this, that your cat is offering you up a body that is no longer of use because they have killed it, but the energy and soul of that little creature has moved into another creature of like mind. So the soul, just like with humans, the body is the costume. The rat has a costume on. So don't feel so upset about it as possible. And look at it as it's part of the process here in linear reality. Your cats are thrilled that they're able to go out and get you a mouse or a rat or a bird because they feel it's the best thing they can give to you and they're just hoping that you like it. So you would say receive it graciously and realize that they're not little murderers. They're just participating instinctually in a process that forces them to seek food of their own. But since we know you're probably making them gourmet meals, they don't need that, but the instinct is still there. So try to look at it from that point of view, and perhaps it won't be, because you're not going to be able to change the process, but you can change how you think about it. All right. Our next question is from Nancy, and she asks, can a person still have a purpose for life if they do not find their soulmate? Well, not every life is looking for connection. Not every soul seeks that. There are some that do. Now, we've talked endlessly about the concept of a soulmate. There is not only one. They are what they really are, are energy matches, frequency exchanges that are excellent. That's what it is. And there is way more than one in any given reality. And a purposeful life does not really mean it includes somebody else. A purposeful life can be an agenda or a concept or an event that you want to bring forward in the linear reality that has nothing to do with anyone else. So, yeah, you can have a purposeful life, even if you don't find your soulmate, so to speak. Not everyone comes in with that agenda. And so, therefore, if you find it, wonderful. But if you don't, it's not really a tragedy. And if you look at it from a big, universal-wide perspective, you get it the next time if you don't run into it this time. All of you need to start thinking about existence, not so much in the linear life that you're having because that's one chapter. It has to be all of it, which is the full book. And just because you're lacking it in this particular chapter doesn't mean you're not going to get it in the next chapter in the novel that is you. So think about it and move forward with a little bit less worry about that topic. All right. And our next question is from Sarah. And she asks, does anyone have, does everyone have a spirit guide? Absolutely, yes. Everyone has an energy that takes an interest they're doing on the planet. 
Many times it's an energy you've known well. Maybe you've incarnated with them a bunch of times. Maybe they didn't want to incarnate this time. So they said, well, we'll guide you. We'll help you from this perspective. And that's probably the best kind of spirit guide you have because they know you well. We think that it's important to know that even if you haven't made contact with your spirit guide, you can. There's, it's, there's, there's still time in the linear for you to contact them and participate with them. They have been there since your first breath. And whether you talk to them or engage them or not, they're there. And a lot of the things that turn out well for you is because they're looking out for you. So, yes, everyone has one. We think you would notice if you didn't because many will say, oh, well, how would I even know if I have a spirit guide? And we say, you know, if you're engaging that type of thought process, you know. So, yes, big old yes that everyone has a spirit guide. All right, Veronica, that was our last question. So what I'm going to do is if you want to go take a quick break, I will tell everybody how they can write in and get their questions answered. All right. All right. Okay, everybody. Well, that was our show for today. I hope you enjoyed these questions. And if you have questions of your own, which I know you do, all you have to do is go to innerwhispersradio.com and make any comment on the show. And we will go ahead and, and look at those questions, and hopefully yours will be chosen for a future episode. So I think it's time for our our, uh, our uh, lesson of the day. And, Veronica, if you have it, let's hear it. All right. Well, you live in a very fast world. Everybody's running here, running there, speeding there, jumping too fast. Everybody's moving very, very quickly. Why not take some time where you move very slowly? And we realize that all of you are very have very full lives and not a lot of time, especially if you have children and a job, etc. Get up 15 minutes earlier in the morning or stay up 15 minutes later and sit and just connect with your soul. You don't have to talk. You don't have to have an agenda. You just sit and sweep out the corners of the very dramatic day you just had and open the door to your guides, open the door to the eternal energy for 10, 15 minutes. And if you don't have that, create it. Go to bed later, get up earlier. Find a spot where you can do your soul reconnection every single day. It will help you. And allowing that energy to flow through the front door of you, you're also cleaning up any sort of insecurities or weird things you've got going on in your head. Let your soulful energy come in. Let your energy participate in that eternal moment. Make the time to do it every day. It's a very fast world. And most of you have to, like, you know, run a relay race to keep it going. Take the time. Stop. Put the brakes on. Quiet. And think about spirit. Think about your own soul. And think about opening that door. You're in your house and you've opened your front door and here comes all this lovely energy in. Let it in. Let it come into your soul and help you with the next day that you have to get up and participate in. And also start thinking about how you can calm all of your participation and your dramatics down a little. But we think if you do what we've just talked about, 
you might get a conversation in with your guide and they might be able to help you out with that. So connect. Be with your soul whenever you can. And we're not saying you just do it once a day. If you could do it a bunch of times, do it. There's nothing more important than connecting with your soul, my dear. And nothing more important than slowing down and allowing yourself to participate without all the chaos. Think about it. And then make time to do it. All right, everybody. That was the show. I hope you enjoyed today. And Again, we will be back again next week with more questions for uh, your enjoyment. And if you have any questions, again, write into innerwhispersradio.com. So until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you again next week. Bye, everybody.